You're listening to Just a Bit Outside, a sports podcast by three regular guys and a UFC Hall of Famer. The air is getting a little crispy. We're only 45 days away from the holiday season, which starts with Halloween month. And we talk about the greatest sport on earth, which is college football. In college football, still, the way it's structured is every second matters. Yeah. Every game matters. If you're a serious podcast listener, then you might skip the first 10 minutes because uh, we got a little silly. The second half, while we're talking about college football, though, there is some great dialogue and argument about uh, could college football teams beat pro teams, college teams at their apex, like the LSU Tigers who beat everybody by 40 points that year and went undefeated. Why they beat maybe like, let's say the one in 11 Browns. We talk about the psychology of leadership. And if you had a leader in the room, your all-time favorite leader. Do, do people have favorite leaders? If you had anybody in the room that you admire, who you consider a leader, what questions would you ask them? And then we end the show with speed trivia. Welcome to Just a Bit Outside. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. We got a spicy morning here today. Everybody's fucking. Can you hear me now? At each other. Nope. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Let's get some now. Should we there need you some go. Intro music. I don't know. I'm just a guest. Welcome to the Just a Bit Outside. I'm your host, Maddie Ghost. The you're, not most. The, you're not the host. <laughs> Here with my guest host, who's the real host, but is a guest today, Chris Miller. Yeah, I'm just a guest. And the one and only Wonder Boy, Chris Camozzi. Can he say that? No. You also have... That's another dude's nickname. That's like making him wear the other guy's underwear. Can you turn my headphones up? We're here with... (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. This morning's been a fucking train wreck. We're here with Chris Mighty Mouse Camozzi. Still another person. Fuck, dude. You're a fucking mess. (laughs) That's insulting. You're lucky this guy likes you. You're insulting a world champion (laughs) UFC fighter to his face. You call him another dude's name. First you off. might as well drive over to his house and fuck his girlfriend while you're at it. No, I don't. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, that's Chris's awkward laugh. I know his awkward. That's not a good laugh. Hey, I know Chris's awkward laugh. First off, you it's can't like say this. Watch, watch, watch. Encheron. <laughs> Encheron. Like, that's all I get. <laughs> Why are you going to kill me? I don't know. The fuck I'm, did I do? I'm not a world champion either. You can't say that. Yeah, I can. I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Why you insult the guy's career? Oh, all Wonder right. Boy. Hmm. That's a nickname for someone already. Can I be Wonder Man? Wonder Man. Okay, play the music again. Now Chris is going to do an intro. All right, welcome to uh, Just a Bit Outside here. I'm joined by these uh, three other shitbags. We're pretty tired this morning. That's why we're wearing sunglasses. Everybody's feeling a little spicy. Let's get into it. Sports here. We got my guest, Chris Miller. Um, he just is a guest, though he says he's the host. Um, what do you got for me today, buddy? Uh, I don't know. You're the host. Set the tone, bro. Let's go. I just shot you a question. All right. You deflected it back. So what I would do is ask Let's another question. And we just go back and forth. I've been listening. Okay, cut. Uh, run the music back. Now Sharon's going to do the intro. I'm going to do the intro? Yeah. All right. Hello and good morning, my fellow Americans. Welcome to the Jabba Ponca- podcast. Just a bit outside. Did you forget the name? No. <laughs> I pause for comedic timing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so my, bad. my name is Sharon Lewis, the Sharon Lewis, your one and only. And I have today with me, we have Chris Miller, one of my good friends, business partners, entrepreneur, CEO. He, he's a little on the chubby side today. He's a great guy. We have Chris Camozzi, the Chris Camozzi, world renowned, been to every continent in the world. Um, 
and he's allergic to sunflower seeds, oddly enough. We also have Maddie, diabetes ghost. Oh, I need to take a shot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My mic went out. Wow. So we are back? glad to have everybody here today. We have an amazing podcast today. What we will be talking about is sports. Sports, sports, sports. That's my intro. <laughs> Where do we go from here, boys? Uh, home. <laughs> uh, so my first uh, let's brighten up the day and talk about shooting. Just here. a bit outside podcast. I'm Chris Miller. You're not host. I'm just a guest on the show today. Uh, it's early in the morning here in Denver, Colorado, for our millions of fans around the world who listen to the show. Uh, this morning's been an absolute train wreck. It's been it's as bad as it can go, other than someone fucking blowing up the building, which. I don't know. It's early. Maybe it'll happen. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah. You should get the day off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To fill you in, our producer and... um I think we're going to demote you from co-host now because you were an hour late. I know. I'm sorry. I mean, we're going to have to call our sponsors and make excuses and... I'll call them. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Just a bit outside. uh, A show made by a bunch of guys who shouldn't really be talking about sports talking about sports and is it really sports the show borders on philosophical topical uh which is not a cream that means current events um could be topical I yeah yeah topical um maddie pull up your email please yes sir the first item on the agenda today is like, I hope you proof these emails before you just start opening. Um, okay, today on the show, we're going to talk about the first thing is Derek Jeter has a photo floating around the internet. And um, I got to be honest, it looks like a it looks like a shoddy poster done for Argentinian strippers at a fucking airport. It looks like uh, it looks like a poster for to catch a predator episode. Like they got all the guys together in jail and they were like, we're going to take a photo for this upcoming season on MSNBC to catch a predator. Hmm. I want to know. I wore a chain today because of this photo. Matt, waiting on you, pal. Anytime I'm, you're ready. I'm not, but dude, what are you talking about? To catch a shortstop. To I catch mean, a baseball, dude. Um, come on. Did the chains, do you, think the, do you think the chains came with the shoot? Like the guy had the chains? Definitely. Because the pants don't match. Everyone has different pants on. Yeah, I don't know. This dude's wearing fucking New Balance 405s. Those are his dad's shoes are fucking solid. The guy on the left? <laughs> yeah, and he's his shoes are dirty as shit. That's not a good look. Look how tight they're tied too. Those look like shoes Matt would have on. I'm like tied those. too tight at the ankle because you don't have athletic ankles. Like he's gonna mow the lawn after yeah. dad shoes. Or he already mowed the lawn this morning. Yeah, maybe. Uh this is a picture floating around because uh A Rod had Derek Jeter on his podcast. And made fun of him because this picture is a little sexual. It's a little the vibey. The vibe is creepy. I thought this was an Abercrombie ad. Okay, play the music again, Chris. You have twenty seconds to make as many jokes as possible about this photo. Oh, just on the spot. Are we starting now? Yeah. Oh shit, my brain's not working too well. It looks like a boy band. It looks like uh, yeah, Abercrombie and Fitch magazine here. You're warming up Um, now. Give me the cross. Let's see. Somebody put a Brazzers logo on the bottom. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, God. You guys are ruining this for me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was a horrible idea. Whoever decided that uh, probably is definitely not working anymore. Looks like it could be like a 70s boy band. 80s. I don't know. 
for boy bands even in the 70s. It's early, man. Yeah. Okay, 20 seconds on the clock. Maddie, go ahead. You said uh, to catch a predator. I like to catch a baseball. Am I right? <laughs> they're not stealing any hearts. They're just stealing home. <laughs> okay. If I had pants that tight, I'd kick my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gold chain, more like gold lame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, yo, who, who put Menudo back together? <laughs> right? That's, top, that's like a 90s uh, band. Menudo, huh? I yeah, know, right? It's a soup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a soup. It's a multicultural soup. Look, like this picture. Huh? All they're missing <laughs> is like an old tire that could float across. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, cut that out. That was an immigration <laughs> joke. That's fucked Why is it up. fucked up? It's true. People get on trash and float across the channel and they come to America. Why is that Why is that wrong? It's more of a fact than a joke. Yeah, it is more of like an observation than it is an actual joke. Yeah, you'll be hearing from the people about that. Who are the people? Whoever the people are, you know, cancel culture. No, we don't talk to Cuba, bro. The third baseman? All right, Sharon, you're up. Oh, okay, I'm stop up? the music. Okay. 20 seconds on the clock. No, no, stop. That's your internal soundtrack. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 20 seconds on the clock. Sharon gets to make jokes. All right, let's go. It looks like the photographer immediately got pregnant by all five of us just by <laughs> taking this picture. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure their gold chains are fake, and it looks like each one of them licked each other's lips before taking this picture. Mm. They didn't even lick their own. They just licked each other's lips. That's aggressive. Uh, you know, this picture is a little aggressive. We're starting off very homoerotic. Yeah. I mean, it's, at least I'm not homophobic. Hey, and Gina just joined us. Um, <laughs> she just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. The two in the back, they immediately got traded after this picture was taken and floated around. Um, and I'm pretty sure the other one didn't even make it in the league. The two in the back got passed around by the others after this. Money ball, more like dummy ball. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get those clothes? What is the purpose of this picture? The though? poop they- store? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a jewelry commercial. <laughs> what, oh, man. What would be the purpose of this kind of picture? Maybe they're selling gold chains. Blackmail? Yeah, KY Jewelers were like, This does look like a BBC Brazers, like... Yeah, they need a little white girl in front of them. Yeah. Like, Like I can't (laughs) imagine this being on the cover of, like, Sports Illustrated. Because, you know, on XXL, they have, like, the freshman class of 2019, and they have, like, little Yachty and all that stuff. What are they promoting here? Is this the freshman baseball class of 2001? I don't know. Where's Gina when you need a good conspiracy theory? They all look like vegetarians. (laughs) (laughs) okay let's move on this picture sucks Um, okay so on my way to the studio this morning or the office i guess it is getting a little crispy outside the air is getting a little cold like it's there's the past two days this week were sweatshirt weather today feels like this morning did matt wouldn't know because he got here two hours late i would take your email off there proprietary information they can get me i'll i'll take that all 46 of the people who are going to see the video. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to fucking email Matt. <laughs> I'm a hot commodity. <laughs> and even if they do, who cares? Uh, there's okay. First of all, there's only 45 days left until the holiday season. Damn. I want to punch you in the face for saying that. Why? First of all, why so aggressive? It's early and it's stressful. 
Why is it stressful? Holiday season is always stressful. Not for you because you just like hole up in your house and you don't you don't associate with your family or anybody else on holidays. I go full fucking. Uh, who was the guy who? Um, Rumpelstiltskin. No, he owned TWA. Uh, uh, Howard Hughes. Yeah, I go full Howard yeah, Hughes. Peas and bottles. Peas and He's jars like, and I put the milk bottle yeah. in my left pocket. Wasn't that? Uh, wasn't your Thanksgiving debacle last year? Was that last year? Oh yeah, I had. A, I had. A, I got blacked out with my family. I was going through a tough time. It always feels like we're going through a tough time. Chris here almost when killed me. Building a company, I did get really mad at Matt, but you you fucked me, bro. You I told you you if you came into my family's home and I made dinner for twenty people, that you couldn't leave the house. Now, granted, I understand that I got a little drunk and unruly, and it made everyone scared. I get that, but then you left. You you left me, and I was like, you weren't allowed to leave. It was bedtime. Didn't you kick him out? No, oh. you came in his, in his parent in his family's house. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's why I left. More also than gross. He was wearing a fur coat around the whole time. <laughs> I was so mad at you. I know. Uh, I don't know if you call it a debacle, just a blip in the radar. The dinner was bomb, though. Let's I just, be honest. Yeah, I just remember some other hilarious. <laughs> so why does that make you mad? It's almost holiday season, and your birthday's coming up. Yeah, I mean it's just stressful. Uh, November twentieth. Like, yeah, I'll be twenty-seven. God damn, for real. No, he's going to be 36. Okay. Huh. This guy, he knows my okay. birthday, how old I am. Fuck. This guy's getting right married there. pretty anytime soon? Yeah. I we mean, fucked on the way over here. <laughs> uh, we didn't fuck. He just jerked me off. Oh, God. <laughs> Two Chris's, one cup. Uh, so why do you hate it? It's stressful? Why is it stressful? Well, I mean, just like, I don't have a huge family, but they're all split, right? And they, I should just draw some boundaries of like, listen, I'm only doing one thing this year or whatever, and uh, we got Whitney's family. So it's a lot of like back and forth, this and that. Everybody needs to feel included. Otherwise, you know, you, you feel bad. Maybe you don't feel bad. I feel bad. Um, so it's just trying to get all that in. And then like all the shopping things, you're supposed to buy everybody presents and this and that. Like I would just rather my whole family, like, why don't we just go on a trip? Nobody buy anything. Let's all just go on a trip. Yeah. And that could be a disaster too. I don't know. We, I came to this conclusion the other day that I don't miss people. Isn't that weird? No, it's not weird at all. I don't miss anybody ever. People are like, I miss my insert any person. I don't like have a, I don't miss anyone. You tell me you miss me all the time when you don't see me. So is that a lie? Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm just uh, talking shit. Yeah. That's a, I think they call that sociopath. Is it like empathy? Um, okay. So most importantly, what's coming up in two weeks, fellas in two weeks, Foosball. the most exciting time of the year, my birthday. From now until February 10th is the most exciting time of the year because you can block out three days a week for me, four days maybe with football. It's football season. College, it's, pro. More importantly, it's college football season, which I think is the greatest game on earth. I don't think anything compares to it other than the UFC. And let me tell you why. In college football, still, the way it's structured is every second matters. Yeah. Every game matters uh, at a very high level. Like if you're Ohio State and you lose the first game of the season, your season might be ruined. Yeah, just call it a day. quit. The only other sport that I can think of that has that high of a, a standard is the UFC, where every single fight and second matters. Yeah, because it's going to hurt. Not only hurt, but like, <laughs> let's say you let, let, like you don't have the opportunity in the UFC to go zero and two. Like maybe if you're you, you know. You, you have a, a huge social media following or they see something in you. Maybe those first two fights were a fluke, 
But like you're pretty much like you, that could be the end of your career. So yeah. every fight is is a Super Bowl. Every fight in the UFC. I've never thought of this this way. This is actually kind of cool. Every fight in the UFC is a playoff. Every fight in the UFC is a Super Bowl to get to that next step. And college football is kind of similar. It's every fucking game means something. It could determine your entire season. Yeah, and they're still trying to get drafted and everything. So stats matter to every player. Um, it is an interesting dynamic because like the team's got to win, but every player's also they got to be a team, but out for themselves too, right? You know, if you're if you're a running back somewhere on a passing team, but you want to make the league and you don't get the ball enough, you know what I'm saying? There, Chris over here on his phone. No, I'm I'm because Matt was late. Now I'm late for a nine o'clock appointment. Oh Uh-oh. shit! <clears throat> but no, yeah. If you go zero and two in the UFC, it's a long road back to the top. Charles Oliveira, how do you say his last name? Oliveira. Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. Lost a couple of fights and it took him seven years to get back to where he's at, to get to the point where he can fight for a championship. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's had a career resurgence, like a lot of guys have Glover and everything. But yeah, college football, man, I already told you I'm going to make more of a point to get into it this year. I need a team. Who should my team be? Georgia. I feel like I should pick a team. Hofstra. Notre Dame. Hofstra. Georgia. Notre Dame. I always like Michigan. Boston College, maybe uh, Michigan. Yeah, I mean, there's there's storied programs, right? So you have Michigan, Ohio, Notre Dame, which is you know up until recently was the school. It was the football school, right? Yeah. Notre Dame and Michigan. Michigan houses 110,000 people. They call it the big house. It it has a bigger GDP than most small countries. I mean, it is it is mecca, right? Like, and then Notre Dame, which is their biggest rival, and they're not that far from each other. Oh. They're very close in proximity, which is a big word for distance, Matt. Oh, thank um, you. I was Notre Dame was my team as a kid, actually. Just then stick I, with it. I I was, stick with Notre Dame. Yeah. I always wanted to, I'm not Catholic though, you know. Or you can go with like an oldie but goodie like Florida State. That's a good one that people shout think. out Menelik. Boom. Yeah. So I mean, I hope we go see Menelik this year and we go to a game. I want I want the college football experience. I want Dude. a tailgate. I want to go to the game. Have You've a never blast. done anything like that? I've never been to a college game. Bro, college football is I mean, forget tailgating at, at uh for the Denver Broncos or Oakland Raiders. You want a tailgate, go to like Nebraska or Oklahoma yeah. and see miles and miles of just people who have absolutely given up on their dreams <laughs> and all they have, all they have is a corn husk. It's Nebraska. Football. Yeah. It's a mega church. It is thousand dollar. It is bend the knee to the fucking red corn stock. You Dude, fucking loser. Because what we else does it. Nebraska have? Hey, that's what we should do too. So Lionheart, he's invited me a few years in a row to like go to Nebraska games. He gets season tickets. He does the whole tailgating thing. Everything. Okay. We should go to Nebraska. No, we shouldn't because, because Omaha's creepy. And second of all, second of all, the Cornhuskers haven't been in the conversation for a decade. What we should do is go see our boy Menelik and see an sec game at Texas A&M, which holds 110,000 people is home of the 12th man. And might be one of the most rowdy stadiums in the country. Oh yeah, yeah. and they're in the they're in the top ten. I think the preseason rankings. I, I pretty much memorized them last night. Ohio, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, uh, Notre Notre Dame's number five. Yeah, <clears throat> which is pro- that's probably your college football playoff right there. Right, they're gonna fight for that. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. Oregon's yeah. number six. Uh, Texas A and M. Oh wow, there's six. Okay, Texas so Texas A and M six. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oregon. That's the thing. Any one of those states or any one of those uh, schools, 
at any given time can just creep up on you. Yeah. And then it's like Auburn. It is also like the UFC. So you're starting to get these dynasty teams like Alabama, everyone he just mentioned, they're becoming sort of these dynasties because they get more money. They have more TV. They have bigger budgets. They, you know, their facilities are crazy. Florida state, Florida, the Gators just spent a hundred million dollars on their new locker room. Insane. Their facilities, basically. I say locker room because it, to me, it's kind of all connected, you know, but a hundred million dollars. So every locker has its own LED screen, its own like koozie hot tub. Yeah. Like its own built in recliner chairs. They have <laughs> they, like the, the, so some of these bigger schools have these bigger facilities. And then obviously, uh, you know, you look at a team like Georgia last year who sent five guys on their defense were first round draft picks. And there's only 36 picks in the first round of the draft. Yeah. So f- a, like a huge percentage of Georgia defense went in the first draft. Same with Alabama. So you have these schools who are sort of like monopolizing the college football landscape. But all that to say is every game matters. So that the energy you feel at a college football game is unlike anything else in the world. 32 it is, picks. It, Higher percentage. Dude, it's a, it's 100,000 people <clears throat> going That's absolutely apeshit. Um, Let's go. Every game matters. And in the SEC, it is like a religion. I was, I I didn't mean to call anyone from Nebraska anything rude. I get it. Um, In the South, it's a religion. It's not even, I think it goes, like if you're in Georgia, it goes Georgia Bulldogs, Jesus Christ, (laughs) your kids, and then Ugga, the mascot. Like it's, it, then Ugga. The hierarchy of, 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 (laughs) the hierarchy of importance in Georgia is Georgia football. Uh, and uh, like this, the city or towns closed down, right? For football games. Yeah. So the first SEC game I went to was in Athens and where the, where the Bulldogs play and, you know, playing out West, you know, it's just not as big of a deal, you know, and I get there and it's the Tuesday before the game and you're on campus and you already start seeing caravans of people coming in. So they were playing Tennessee, which also holds like 110,000 people. Uh, their stadium and you already see like caravans coming in like just motorhomes and tennessee logos and you'll see people start to like throw empty keg shells at these caravans of cars and there's like the the battle's already starting like you can feel the crackliness of the energy in the in the fucking city like people are just already amped then you get to game day and um georgia stadium stanford stadium stanford 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 stadium holds 98 or ninety five thousand people stanford does it's called Stanford Stadium. Oh, I think you meant Stanford University. Stanford, yeah. Stanford Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they call it playing in between the hedges and mm. because they have these hedges around the field. Mm. There's 90,000 people in the game going insane. Like, like people don't sit down. And then there's, there's 200,000 people outside the campus or on campus like raging. Yeah, and the thing is, like you're right, it's bigger in some areas of the country than others because, yeah, California, you might have USC versus US, UCLA. There might be a big game. But LA has other shit going on. Yeah, there's nothing else going on in some of these, you know, some of these states. So you that's know, all they have. I gotta get. Uh, I should get my boy Eric Anders on here. Did you ever meet him at the old gym, Chris? No. Played at Bama. He's got two championship rings. He was a linebacker. Dope. Fucking stud. He's Is he a U- psycho? He's in the UFC now. Uh, middleweight. Does he eat babies for breakfast? <laughs> he's pretty calm, but he's got some cool stories. You know. What I are mean, those? What are those songbirds they eat from France that you eat at whole? Pigeons? No, and they, they 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 drown the bird in burgundy before you eat it. Cornish, it's illegal now. Cornish hands <laughs> off of succession. Yeah, <laughs> is that how he has breakfast? But little children. I don't know. Probably. Drowned in brandy. <laughs> I feel like you would love to talk to him though. Two championships from Bama. The 
Orlaton bunting. Oh, and that's, Orlatons. A, that's another topic we can talk about since we're on the idea of college football and how it's the greatest thing and the preparation. Where are you going? We got to talk about this. Oh, shit, man. Should we pause? It's all right. I'll talk to you. Okay. I don't um, know shit about college football, but. Um, you know, the idea of, you know, Penn State. Penn State holds 110,000 people. And, Maddie, pull up Penn State whiteout games. Seven o'clock on a Saturday night, sun's going down. It's a little dark outside because the year's coming to an end. And you have 110,000 people dressed in all white, not white hoodies, you know, like the KKK situation. But look at <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> just just want to make sure we were uh, on the same page. But look at that. Look how fire that would be to go to that game. I think I'm good on Penn State. Nah, man. Can you imagine being booed by 110,000 people? <laughs> Talk about rattling your nerves. Yeah, but, I mean, I'd rather get booed than raped by the coach. Oh, that's, a, that's aggressive. That's dark, but yeah. true. But those, those kind of games, you, can't, you yeah. can't match that kind of atmosphere. Even in uh, the profession, even in the NFL. Yeah. There's the, not one NFL team that has that kind of intensity at every single game, especially when you're like playing Michigan State or Ohio State, or Michigan. Penn State, Michigan, forget about it. Yeah. Those things are bananas. Have you, uh, Sharon, have you seen that? Chris just showed me recently. I can't remember what team it is, though. They, it was the walkout. Remember that, Maddie? It was probably like Clemson or something. It was or... to Metallica, like Inner Sandman. Ooh. It's a fucking badass video. You should see if that's on here and pull it up for a minute. It's yeah, short. Yeah, but... Nebraska's walkout, it's, uh, they go through the tunnel. So they go from their locker room, and there's this tunnel that's probably, oh, I say about... 15, 20 feet wide, and it goes under the stadium, and on both sides are, it's the entire stands. Yeah. So on both sides of this ton, on both sides of this 15-foot walkway, 20-foot walkway, are all the fans, and they walk through that to get to the uh, field. Can you, the energy is electrifying. Yeah. That's nuts. I really want to go to a game this year. That's, like, on my list of things to do. Yeah, here it is. Have you seen this, Sharon? No. Virginia Tech. Oh, Virginia I'm not Tech. sure we could play the song and stay on YouTube, but... I mean, it's on YouTube. Football is really back when a jam-packed Lane Stadium is singing along to enter Sandman. Metallica's the one band you don't want to fuck with. They like sued little kids for downloading their music. <laughs> They're the only ones. So we're gonna stay talking over it. I mean, it's on YouTube, right? That doesn't. It's just. Don't we just have to say we don't own the rights to this we music? We don't own the rights to this music. We talk over it so it breaks up I a see, little bit. I see that all the time on Facebook now when people post videos. They're like, I don't own the rights to this music. Why do people have to say that now? Well, I, also, YouTube claims stuff. Like, the back end will, like, not let us monetize it. But, oh, well, we need to turn it off. What can we search? It's not the same. <laughs> That's funny. It's not the same. <laughs> So no, the, the idea about preparing for college football. Um, my nephew is a freshman and he's starting at Arvada West right now. Oh, nice. And what they do is, and it's a fairly new thing. I've never heard of it up until now, and I played high school football here. But he's a freshman in high school. What his dad did is kept him back again. So he's the bigger so, yeah, and you better. Can, you can stay in, you can graduate high school like 18 or 19 or something like that. But what a lot of other states do in Texas and California, um, you see Florida, some of the bigger high schools, like they just they keep them back one, maybe ESPN two years. Have you read that book, Outliers, the Malcolm Gladwell one? It's about uh, why, like, 
people stand out. And one of the first chapters about hockey and how the best people in the even in the NHL are all born in September because they were like made that cutoff date. They were the bigger kids. Yeah, but you can you can voluntarily hold them back. So my nephew's 16 and a freshman in high school. Did he held back just for football? Yeah. Jason so Benetti, that's Andre the thing. Ware, a lot of people say that it's fucked up, and we're trying to figure out why. Like, why not just start him? Um, what do you mean? You can start school a year later, too. I you, started school a year early. I graduated when I was 17. Like, I've lived on my own since I was so 17. So think about that. You were 17 and graduating high school. He's 16 and a freshman. And I was still fucking Imagine up. how much of a monster he's going to be. Think about what is when you're playing sports, what kind of competitive advantage you can have if you have two years extra yeah. from the people that you're playing up against. So you know what... Um, Hockey does a lot. So hockey, they go high school, semi-pro, then college. A lot of those guys are like 25-year-old college freshmen. Yeah, same concept as like Juco, you know. And they're bigger and stronger. They're like more mature. And then they play college hockey and then the NHL, you know. But that's, I mean, that's just such a, a competitive advantage. And if you're seriously planning on your kid taking sports seriously, why wouldn't you want to give them every advantage possible? I mean, Chris, just jump back in here. Like... Sharon was saying his nephew, they held him back to be bigger in football in school. Did you know they I'm can kinda, they do that? Yeah. So in like some of the bigger sports states like Texas, California, Florida, East Coast, they'll, they'll hold their kids back one, maybe two years. So my nephew right now is 16 and a freshman in high school. And imagine what kind of competitive advantage that gives you when you once you turn to a junior and a senior. Yeah. You can graduate high school at 19 years old. Stuff like this always makes me want to talk about steroids because... Again, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a performance enhancer. And why wouldn't you want to do that? Chris was just saying it's kind of messed up. I was like, but why? I mean, imagine, to him. Imagine how many. I didn't want to spend six years in high school. Like, could you have started me later? Do we have to hold me back and make me do fucking ninth grade again? Okay, first of all, bro, I call, I call gobbledygook on what just came out of your fucking hole. Because if I could spend six years in high school, oh, I would, yeah, I would sign up for that right now. I mean, at the time. <laughs> Come on. At the time, you can't wait to be out of school. You're saying that now you'd like to go, which back is high stupid. No I'd go back right now. I'd relive my senior year three times if I could. I'd live my senior year for the rest of my life in perpetuity. Groundhog Day, just fucking senior year over and over and over and over again. But think of think of how much you grow in those couple of years. Your junior year, senior year, you go from 185 to 200. You go from six one to six three. I put now, on 40 pounds that year. Now, what's the rule? Is there like eligibility rules in high school and stuff like? Because if you're in high school for six years, do you get to play all six years? Or can no, you so, you don't, so you don't get held back within high school. You get held back before you go to high school. So he spent a couple of years. Um, like being in, homeschooled or something probably. So, uh, he spent two years in eighth grade. That's even worse because middle school fucking sucked. Not when you're a fucking all-star athlete. <laughs> Not when you're 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> can buy beer for everybody. <laughs> funny, funny story. I had a friend in eighth grade. It was seventh or eighth grade. He was 16. He used to get in trouble for parking in the teacher's lot. And I used to wonder, like, when are you going to just give it up? Because he still didn't really come that much. He'd drive himself to middle school. Like, yeah. you're going to be 21 by the time you graduate high school. That feels, that feels kind of just rapey and weird. Yeah, middle school, middle school is not that awful when you're long, blonde hair and you squat 450. Why do you always make it about race? Race. No, no, no. I, it's not a race thing. Or when you're fucking just squatting 450. <laughs> yeah. You and know? you can buy beer for everyone. You're a hero. Fuck. And everybody's afraid of you? <laughs> yeah, hero. So, yeah. But that's the thing is people take that take it serious because it's not just about what you're doing in high school, but if this you is, have that ability to, now you're getting full rights to college. This is why I think they should legalize steroids. 
at an early age, like, like at an early age. No, I, I mean it. <laughs> I, I fucking mean it. Like, bro, you had that argument once about, well, there's all this head trauma, blah, blah, blah. And it's like Jordan Davis of the, of the, of the Eagles, the guy who left Georgia. I don't know if any anabolic steroid is going to make him even bigger than he is. He's six, six, three fifty. ran a four, seven forty. Or like DK Metcalf. Yeah. I think, I think when you talk about peptides and recovery and some of these substances that can help these guys just be better athletes, why wouldn't we be giving that to them when they're 15? Because look, when you talk about performance enhancing drugs, that's a performance enhancing strategy. I think you have to, you, you have to almost, and that same high school kid, what if he has well-to-do parents? I, I can't even, he started this conversation, not even listening. Anymore. No, because I'm, I'm having Maddie pull up a picture of fucking Brock Lesnar in uh when you, cause you're talking about, wait, hold on. Let's do one thing at a time. I'm saying you almost have to like in that, that same kid who gets held back for a year. If he has parents who are wealthy, he's going to have a better diet. He's going to have more advantages. He's going to have better supplements. He's going to have, he has a performance enhancing life. Of course. I think, I think you let kids take steroids. You let athletes take them and we regulate it because everybody's cheating anyway. Yeah. That's why the, when this conversation comes up, I'm like, everyone's cheating. Who gives a shit? I mean, the downside is they're kids, right? They don't know what they're doing. I know you said regulate it, but... How about at 18? You get to start taking I mean, it. even at 18. Most adults don't know what they're doing, I don't think. That's how I don't understand how a lot of these guys do it. Like, what are you, a chemist? Because I know some guys that are not smart. They seem to know a lot about that. Which is why we should make it legal and have a guideline. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Because they're all taking it anyway. When was the first time you took testosterone? Never fucking fucker like look Not at this yet. picture of brock lesnar in college come on what's your what's the point look at though? the guy's trip because when you're talking about steroids that's a bit everybody's gonna look like that now no my friend ryan tobin whooped his no, ass in wrestling though okay. Maybe? That's not, that's not a too. thing. You, that's another myth about steroids. You're not, Maddie will never look like that. No offense. <laughs> None taken. Never. No, You'll ne that, I don't want to look like that. Maddie, you would never get to that point. You don't have the bone structure. You don't have the DNA. You don't have the... It's not like people take steroids and everyone turns into this 350-pound monster. It's no, no, not I'm not thing. talking about Maddie, but I'm talking about people that uh, compete at a high level. You're going to see a lot more of that. Good. That's a fucking scary concept. Just big houses, just... Yeah, moving I th buildings. I yeah. think uh, Brock played for the Vikings. I don't he tried out play, for the Vikings. I think he was on the practice squad or something, right? He had one of the best combine scores in history. Damn. Dude can move. He has terrible hands, though. Yeah. The worst I've ever seen. But I mean, you got to not get hit by him because I'm sure they're still hard as fuck. Uh, yeah, but the worst. Him and Carwin was such a great fight until... Carwin gassed out a little bit. And he choked. Yeah, just fuck. Two, two mongoloids. Dude, just Shane Carwin had it. His hands like bricks. Yeah, he's a big dude, man. Man. Carwin's a fucking monster. His hands were bigger than Brock's. How did we get on big babies? Giving kids steroids. Because uh, we <laughs> talked about the idea of holding kids back in, you know, before going into high school to mm. give them a competitive advantage. Did you hear the story? Uh, I heard this on. So Rogan. we're not talking about college football anymore? You missed that. Okay. We were kind of. I mean, it's a big topic, though. <clears throat> there, was a, there was a kid. We circle back. There was a kid recently. Rogan was talking about it. Um, in England or something that went into puberty when he was like four or three and is like jacked because his dad was taking testosterone cream and didn't realize that he'd been like holding his son. Yeah, I remember that. So this kid, like <laughs> they even talked Stop. about like, that's the leap they made. They they couldn't figure out why. And they said this kid was just like fucking. These can't be real. 
I can't remember the kid's name. I don't know. They were just talking about it. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> Rogan was like, good. Now everybody's going to be like doing this to their kids because putting baby powder. Why, but, but, the kid was already but, packing. But why not though? What's the downside? I mean, because everyone in this room is immediately going to go, well, there's some medical issues. Like, what are they? You don't know them. What is it? I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I know. So why not take them? I don't know. I'm an anti-vaxxer, so I don't trust any of that shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't, get, I don't get flu shots because I don't trust the government. I took extra vaccines. Shron keeps money in the walls because he doesn't trust <laughs> banks. <laughs> Maddie, did you get Facts. vaccinated? Yeah. Of course you did. <laughs> I got, you think he could survive on his own? Which is how you got COVID. That's how it works. Uh, I had a, I got jumped the line because of the beatus, dude. I got it with old people. I was uh, living with my awesome. parents that made me get it. What? Uh, I was living with my parents at the time that made me get it. Wait, how old were you? Uh, I was, this is last year. Yeah, dude, 30. They made you? First of all, you weren't 30 last year. You're like 33. I was 31. I turned 33 <laughs> in a couple weeks. Last year, you were 31, but in a couple weeks, you turned 33. So it wasn't last year. It was a year's been by since. And your parents made you? Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. Didn't Let's, your parents make okay. you? No, I don't even <laughs> talk to my parents. One of my parents is dead, and my mom would. Well, if she, my mom knows if she called me and told me to do anything. <laughs> I, yeah, I they would go. And I love my mom. What do you mean your parents made you? I was living with them. I was freshly diabetic. You were not living with your parents last year. You were here. No, no. The, when did the shots come out? It was two years ago, right? You've twenty, right? You've been here for a year. Yeah, and right before that, I was living with my parents. You were you were in Denver for at least four months. I was when I was living with them. Everyone was getting the shots, so I got one. So I mean, we can put this. You were in your early thirties. Let's just your early thirties, and your parents made you get a. How did this conversation go? I don't like, know. I was talking about college football, which there's still a ton to talk about. Right. You guys are talking about like ripped babies on testosterone cream. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go back to football. No, no, no. This isn't my show. Yes, it is. No, it's not. As our guest, would you, what would you like to talk about? I want to talk about how your parents made you take a vaccine. I would love to continue that conversation. <laughs> were, they like, were they like, do it or you're grounded? <laughs> no. <they're> like, <laughs> yeah, dude. They, they took my Legos away. How this conversation go? Don't dare come out of that room unless you get the <laughs> yeah. vaccine. Did they say it over like dinner or spaghetti? No, they're like, uh, you should get your vaccine. I was like, okay. Cause I don't give a fuck. <laughs> wow. Oh. So they didn't make you. They, they, they suggested it. Yeah. And I was living with them. They were helping me with medical bills too at the time. So I was like, I'm going to oblige. My mom was afraid of all that stuff. So I was like, why not? It didn't, a, it didn't hurt. You're sweet. It didn't hurt. You're a sweet yeah. boy. Maddie. That's Ghost. your, that's your, no, he means it didn't hurt in the grand scheme of things. Like why not? He's saying, give it time. Yeah, he didn't mean it didn't hurt like owie owie. Yeah. I need a lolly now. <laughs> yeah, they gave me a nice bandaid on it, and I, my mom bought me a ice cream bandaid. <laughs> yeah, and we're good to go. <laughs> you got some DQ afterwards, bro. I take five shots a day. I'm not afraid. I can. I'll take a shot any day. Just put a fucking syringe in front of me. I'll shoot anything up. I'm <laughs> that's, that's although although your your challenge is quickly approaching. I'm a little nervous. Uh, we haven't agreed to it yet. Lucky you. Yeah. There's not been anything signed. Need some terms. We put some steroid needles in you. You're going to rethink the shot thing. They're like inch and a half. Uh, Horse thick gauge I was just getting the beads. You can get the beads. It's still a huge needle that's jamming your butt. That's okay. He's like, I've had bigger. He's had bigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've had bigger needs in your butt. I have bigger needs in my butt, dude. Um, so yeah, we didn't have your list for college football, so we had to just fucking. Who are you rooting for this year? Georgia and Nevada. Duh, duh, dude. Oh, dumb question. Duh. 
Um, I left on the atmosphere. Like, I guess you just, I, I have this Virginia uh, that I wanted to play. Chris has seen it. I don't know if you've we, seen it. It's going to get you hyped. Have no, you seen we were, this? We were playing yeah. it. Oh, you have. Oh, you already the played Inter it. Inter Sandman? Yeah. Where else do you get 100,000 people all singing the same, like that hyped? Like, yeah. like there, there's times you're at a college football game and you're just so overwhelmed with the hype that you want to run onto the field. Yeah, we pulled up a picture of the Penn State whiteout games. Oh, my God. 110,000. Look at this. Look at that. Yeah, it's 110,000 people in all white. It's crazy. On. College football is the best. I guess a Garth Brooks concert it would be the only place where everyone sings the same song <laughs> at that capacity of people. Totally. It's just like that. It's just like <laughs> It's just like a Garth Brooks concert. <laughs> Maddie loves him some Garth Brooks. I have friends in little places, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Am I, have I redeemed myself yet? Um, okay. Um, the atmosphere, the fans, every game counts. The drum line. The question I would have, though, is how do, how did Georgia win the national championship last year and they're ranked number three? I don't know. That's a very concerning. I don't. How did they get that? I don't know. I tried to find some articles last night on it because I'm not a surface level person um, like my colleagues <laughs> here, and I was going deep to try to find how they could, how they could, uh, okay. how they could make such a poor decision to not have Georgia ranked number one since they won the national championship. It seems if you win the national championship, you just come in as a champion. It's like if I win the heavyweight title in UFC, which I'd have to lose 30 pounds for because now I'm wearing triple X shirts and I'm in a loveless relationship. I with himself. Would, if I, if I win the belt and then I come to my next fight, even if it's a, even if it's six months later, I'm using six months. Cause I know if it's long enough, they give it, they give an interior belt to someone. I'm still the champion. You're why the champ isn't until you ain't the champ? No, why more. isn't Georgia number one? It's a very, very well, I mean, valid question. Who, who makes the rankings like the media, the, Old white, old white people. So, well, no, there's two. So it's the CFP college football playoff, which is this like governing body of the playoff. But then you have, you have all these subdivisions. So you have like, you know, the SEC, the ACC, um, you have these conferences who then come together, but then there's, you know, a lot of those top tens are like the AP poll, which yeah. is just associated press. So it's a bunch of goons at ESPN who do the analytics and they go, we think Alabama should be number one. Well, I mean, if you think about, um, was Georgia an older team? Like the, the turnover rate, like did they lose the starting quarterback? Did they lose them? them? So and this, then is, like, this is another fun argument because I think there are college teams in the last couple of years, the LSU Tigers, when they went undefeated with Burrow. I mean, I, this, this is again, another podcast, but I think there's college teams in the last few years who could have beat some of the worst pro teams. And whenever I say this, I emphatically get people who are like, fuck that, not a chance. And I'm like, okay, at, between Georgia and Alabama last year, they sent like the whole first round of the fucking pick, and they're all starting now. We're on those teams. You, those are two NFL teams at that point. Is it the camaraderie of those people? Are, now, here's why I gone? think college teams at their apex, like the LSU Tigers who beat everybody by 40 points that year and went undefeated, why they beat maybe like, let's say the one in 11 Browns. Better talent on the Browns? No question. No one could argue that. And I'm not making that argument. The argument I'm making is because that LS team was so cohesive and such a unit, they, they, they could push for a tie. That's a solid argument. I just think it's, I think it's, it's the reason why 300 Spartans, it's more like 3,000 Spartans beat 50,000 Persians because they played as a team. They were cohesive. It was a family. I think the LSU Tigers in that year give the worst team in the NFL that year run for their money. You know, you know that's, a hard, that's a hard argument to, to, 
to go against. You know what? I, mean, and I appreciate that because you like to argue, but every time I bring it up with a sports fan, like if Jeff were here, he'd be like, oh, it's like an immediate because it's the immeasurables. Call it's the immeasurables. You can't like, you know, it's the those kind of things. You can't put just a number on it. When you fight through something, ugh, it's hard to beat that. When you gel when as a you team fight together yeah. as some like through something, it's hard to beat that. And to and the camaraderie some of those teams build over four years of playing together because yeah. because college is special. Like I, I, I've never played pro. I, I, we know some whatever, but like I can tell you being around enough college sports and like enough of those football games, it means something to play at Georgia. Like it means something to play at Notre Dame. Yeah, it's a special honor, right? And I think those kids, you know, four years in the program, they've been playing with those same teammates for four years, maybe sometimes even longer if they've come through the high school prep program. And they are they they become a they become one thing. They yeah. become a gelled, unstoppable force. And I think and you're playing the fragmented ass Detroit Lions who, who don't <laughs> right who don't even like each other. Right. <laughs> that's that's the argument I'm making. You take but and because that year LSU went 14 and 0, they also had like 10. They like I mean that's a that's a strong argument to make because you're not just doing it based off a of skill. You're, there's like all these other intangible items that you're bringing to the table that. I mean, it makes a, it makes a big difference. Sprinkled with skill. I mean, the, fuck the LSU yes. Tigers. If we were to say Strong the argument. year Joe Burrow left, Matt, if you could Google it, Google, Google I sounded drunk. Google it. They, they had they Joe had Burrow like left. they had like fifteen picks in the first round. Yeah, which is basically a pro team. You know, would be a great experiment is like sometime they should have like Ohio State play the Browns. You know all of fucking Ohio oh, yeah, would watch yeah, that. show up for that. Just see who wins, and if Ohio State that wins, you know what? Swap them. That or took me a second to catch up. I was like, Ohio State play the Browns. Wait, aren't the Browns? I that took me a second to or catch think up. Think about like the '88 Miami Hurricanes. Oh, dude, with we, with Irvin and like that that year, you don't think they could have had a really solid chance of beating the worst team in the NFL? That's all I'm saying. That's and it's a because, solid squad, man. Because what is what is the secret of coaching, right? Like I've been reading this Urban Meyer book, book and one of the things he says is obviously you, to get the guys to gel. I think it's the same in UFC gyms. If I can get all the guys to gel, now that's the toughest part of being a coach is getting a team to come together, support each other, develop leaders, have those leaders help develop the team. It's the secret sauce. It's like what I was telling you the other day, Urban Meyer has this success principle that he calls it 10-90-10. It means 10% of the people in any organization are going to be your fucking all-stars. They show up early. They do more than they're asked. They help lead. They 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 put their trash away. They they uh, they clean up after podcasts when it's over. They just they go the extra mile. And you never have to talk to them. Then you have the ninety percent, which is you're you're just you know they I'm show up here. Yeah, they show up to work. They do a decent job. Whatever they come to practice, they do a decent job. And then they go home. Then you have the the bottom ten who are like, we should get rid of you guys. The trick is to get those ten percent of the leaders to start pulling in the other ninety percent to be better. So if you could sway it to twenty eighty then you're going to have a championship organization. And that's what leadership is and how to break off leaders and stuff. And I'm just saying like there are teams in the NFL, like the lions for certain years who were one in 12 who couldn't even like, Awful. you could probably couldn't even get them to a picnic together, let alone play football <laughs> versus the LSU tigers who went 14 and 0, had 15 first round draft picks who played like a team who played for their brothers, uh, who stood in the gap for each other, who fucking had bought into this idea that we are one impenetrable unit who might, beat them in a game just out of sheer fucking effort, especially with Joe Burrow, who's fucking throwing darts all over the place that year. Like throwing darts. Anyways. Yeah. No, that's a valid argument. It's hard to, when you put it that way, it's hard to say, no, you're crazy. Cause, but maybe I think that that's why uh, new England has always been so great. I saw a thing recently where a guy said that 
he was running late to um, the team meeting and he wrecked his car because he'd rather get in a car wreck than have Bill Belichick bust his ass for being late. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. I can't remember who it was. Like I've that's heard, a thing right And there. I've heard like, players like, so like another thing in businesses and we're trying to do it here and it's hard, like creating higher standards for your whole team. I've heard players that I know personally who played for the Patriots are like, when you walk into that team organization, before you even get there, you know there's a standard. You know that it's not going to be like anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. It is hard to institute. It is tough. Because the, the reality, too, is we're so individualistic in this country, we don't like to be told what to do. So you're, 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 you know, as you build any organization, you're going to inevitably have to have people who tell people what to do in a way that creates collaboration and productivity versus Synergy. like, and that's really hard. I think starting it is probably the hard part, right? Because like if you're not winning or anything and then you start that, like say Bill Belichick, when he first came in, team was meh, I don't know if they were or not, but, and then he starts implementing that and I bet it's hard and it, there's a lot of pushback. But then once they become a winning organization over and over and over again, you know when you come there that whatever they're yeah. doing works. Yeah. So that's, you just follow the plan. That's why it's such an unfair expectation to bring in a coach and think that they're going to make a change. In I was just years. about to go there. Because I was just about to say you that. You have to build something from the ground up. You've got to give them five years. And maybe. it happens a lot in college. Like college yeah. is even different because in college football, what people don't remember, or at least like bit like hardcore fans do, is that these coaches, unlike the NFL, are, are you know part of a good coach's job, like Saban and these guys, Kirby Smart. They're also incredible recruiters. Yeah, yeah, they know what they're looking. And for. they're spending like, you know, if you come into a new program, that's a class you didn't recruit, and so you're dealing with someone else's uh, vision. Opinion, yeah it takes at least four years to recruit a group who now become seniors for you to, and a new structure, a new offense, all these things to start to gel. You're talking six or seven years, in my opinion, before your DNA is really in a fucking program. And, and that's, that's why it's so impressive when you have some college coaches that can go into a program and crush and, it. And within the first year or two, like when urban Meyer, what urban Meyer did at uh, Ohio state going there from Florida, and in like the second or third year, he was crushing it. Bro, That's so, so hard okay, to do. Okay, so, so Urban Meyer, in my opinion. Now, again, if I were on like ESPN right now, I'd get a bunch of flack for this. Good I think you're on your own podcast. Yeah, you say what fuck, the fuck him. you want. I think Urban Meyer is one of the greatest coaches in history. Yeah. And, if, and I'll tell you why. His, his record obviously speaks for itself. But look at the programs he touched. He started at the first head coaching job he had was Utah. The Utes and look what their look where their program is now, consistently ranked in the top ten. He left a legacy there that has not changed. They were talking about them competing for the national championship for the last couple of years, and now they're in the top ten, right? Yep, number five, or six or seven. Ohio State, Utah. Oh, Utah, um, seven, number seven. Then he goes to Florida, wins two championships with Tebow back to back. Was it back to back? Shit. So wins two at Florida with Tebow. Oh in a program that was faltering leaves Florida because to your point, the pressure of being a coach at that level is so high. He leaves, has a heart attack, <laughs> comes to Ohio, which is a troubled program. They had, they had all these allegations. They got kicked out of the college football playoff on and on and on and wins fucking two championships there. So I think he was there from 2012 to 2018. His 2012 season, they went 12 and 0. The only reason they didn't go to the national championship because there was some, you know, little shit going on in the back end, but which they, they now get paid for. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 12 and 0, 
12 and 2, 14 and 1. Like those are his first three the seasons. The guy's a of Ohio fucking State. winner. I mean, that shows a lot. If you can kind of bounce around teams and stuff and make every team a winning team, that does show that you definitely know what you're doing. Not just yeah. a, not just a winning team. Like I think again, for those of you who are not fans of college football, to win a to win a f- national championship is almost I mean, that's what what makes Nick Saban so unbelievable. I mean, he's won seven of them now. Yeah. I mean, to win a national, it's, I mean, I guess people get it. It's like winning a Super Bowl, which is what makes Brady, what he's done, unfucking believable. But Urban's won like six but that's at legendary. different teams. Yeah, you're talking about, yeah, the Bill Belichick's, the, I mean, that's legend, the Pat Riley's, the Phil Jackson's. I mean, you're legendary at that point. That's a very, very small circle to be in. To say that you've gone to multiple places and won multiple championships. Come on. In multiple programs, in multiple conferences. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. You started in the Pac 12 back then, which was the Mountain West. You come to the fucking SEC, you crush that, and then you go to the Big 12, the Big 10, and you fucking win it again. You guys are a fucking legend. I, I, Let's get him on. I would love to Give talk him a to call. Him. I would call love him to talk to Urban Meyer. That would, I would have so many questions for that guy. It's time to flip the world of soda on its head. The new evolution is here, and it's called Fit Soda. Enjoy flavors like sparkling citrus, black cherry cola, orange cream, and root beer vanilla float. There's no guilt needed because Fit Soda is triple filtered, packed with aminos and electrolytes for hydration. Think it can't get any better? Every Fit Soda is sugar-free and absolutely zero calories. What are you waiting for? Pick up a Fit Soda. Okay, so here's here's an interesting little exercise on the podcast. Since we uh, since we did. Um Everyone did their own little intro. Little jokes. I don't know why I'm talking like this. It's <laughs> like I'm a gay pastor from the South. Listen, y'all. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Um, if you had what you would consider the best leader in the room, Abe Lincoln, Martin Luther King, Urban Meyer, someone you admire as a leader, what are two questions you would ask him? Or her, Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> um, no, it's you- not your turn. Oh, no, start over here. I had to go first last time. Give me a chance to oh, think. Okay, here. okay. Yeah, now that's how do you pull the most out of people? That's the hardest thing to find. When you're leading people, how do you find the why behind the what? How do you get people to really sell out? Mm. And what do you mean by what do you mean by sell out? Um, I mean, I think I know what you mean, but like in this context, like to to give it your all, whether it be a sales team, whether it be a football team, whether it be a team, just any kind of team that you're on. How do you get people to just not go through the motions? How do you get people to actually care to buy into the vision? The, Burn what's, the what's the why behind the what? You know, Urban Meyer recommended. So your book. question to this leader would be how can I role play? Yes. <laughs> hey, Sharon, you're one of the greatest leaders in the world. And I based on your history and your record, you, it looks like you've been able to pull out of people what they didn't even expect it themselves. You got these men to come together and, and give it their all. How did you do that? Where, what's the building block of getting men to give you their best? That's exactly how, what I would ask. And I don't have the answer to that. If you were asking me, actually asking. No, it's one of this. I think it's one of the like, biggest mysteries on earth. You know, Urban Re- uh, Meyer recommended this book, Lead for God's Sake. And it's, um, it really talks about the, the why behind the what. I remember I was managing this one guy, and uh, he just half-assed it. I remember he would sit at my desk every single week. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy with middle of the road. I'm just, I'm happy with this. And, you know, I switched him teams and I finally realized he's a team player. So when I told him, hey, when you do this, you're bringing down everybody on your team mm. is when he really started to put, you know, pull his pants up and, and go and swing for the fences. Which one of my sub questions would be, because I think one of my weaknesses as a leader is, uh, I feel like I'm good at assessing talent for the most part, but sometimes I'm bad at seeing 
like, let's say you hire somebody and you put them in a certain role, right? And you think they're good at it. And then they might have secret gifts that you're unaware of because like right now at this company, like really great companies have personality tests. Uh, I know at um, BlackRock, they do um, Ray Dalio's BlackRock. He's he got the biggest hedge fund in the world. He has literally an iPad software that people use during meetings and people are always evaluating and that algorithm spits out based on the input that your people are giving in the meeting, what your best skills are so that they can constantly move people into what they're best at. These NFL guys take uh, personality tests and stuff from what I've heard. That's dope. They take some kind of test that says like what kind of player they are and everything. I've, I'll text Wolf and ask him. I've heard that in the NFL, a lot of them take these uh, psychological tests that go to the team. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the next question I would have is how do you start to spot what people are good at and how to shift them? Oh, the right seat on the right. You know, it's not just the right person. It's the right person in the right seat on the bus. Because you and I have both been, I've lived in, I've had enough life experiences with you, Sharon, to know that you had a moment in life where you weren't in the right spot and you didn't thrive. Right. And it wasn't because you weren't smart or gifted or driven or I think that happens like in schools, right? Like, like the basic standard in school is memorize your books. Well, certain people have better memories than other people. Right. So it's, it's a rigged system, right? Maybe that kid needs to be outside more learning f- kinetically, not stationary. And right? because society tells us that everybody has to be the person. We've talked about this so many times when it comes to whether it be sports or whether it be business and leadership that everybody's not Steph Curry. Somebody has to be Draymond Green. Right. Everybody's not Jordan. Somebody has to be Dennis Rodman. And we, uh, what we talked about is nurture your nature. And how do, you, how do you find that in people? How do you find the people that want to be quarterbacks, but, you know, but in your heart, you know they're a tight end? They're a cornerback, yeah. It's like the Tim Tebow thing, right? Like People were begging him, like, dude, just play tight end. And he fought it, and now he's not in the league, when he probably could have been a great tight end. I could have been a solid tight end for a few years in the league. So, yeah, how do you nurture people's nature? Everybody's not going to be hard though, because like building a startup, I could tell you like you don't have time to constantly monitor people's skill sets. It's tough to do, right? Like you said something in a meeting the other day. That's so true. It's like when you have visibility on issues, you can make better choices, but visibility oftentimes is hard. If you consider like building a company, the same as being at war, right? War is chaotic. Battles are nuts and it's hard to have sometimes visibility on the battlefield. And I think we're always trying to find visibility on the battlefield. And oftentimes it's almost impossible to find, which is part of where you're like anxiety and shit comes from. Cause you're like, I know there's an issue, right? But I can't identify it. And that's what you were saying with, uh, with me for a while. That was part of my struggle is that I was surrounding myself with all these CEOs and all these entrepreneurs. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, if I don't do that, then I'm a loser. Mm. If I'm not successful at creating something then I'm a loser and I had to really realize that with it, that's not my strength. I've been around enough CEOs to see how they think, to see how they operate. And that's not me. I'm not that person, but what I can do is scale. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Did you know, you know, Steve Ballmer uh, was the, basically one of the next CEOs after Bill Gates, he didn't invent Microsoft. He's worth a hundred billion. Elon Musk didn't invent Tesla. Uh, You don't have to be Hey, the punter gets Super Bowl rings too, kid. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Knowing your role. Okay. Maddie, you have one of the greatest leaders in the world in the room. What do you ask him? Uh, first of all, great leader. Sorry, I'm late. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, how do you motivate yourself? Because you you have to lead all these people. There's a lot of pressure. How do you find the the spark to take this lead and be someone to look up to? Yeah. And why do you think why do you think you like that question? Like like is it because you feel like you don't self motivate sometimes? Uh, I, maybe I lose the light and I don't know how to keep it going. Yeah. 
I think we all do. I mean, it's like, it's like the idea of marriage or relationships. Like this is going to go stale at some point. How do you keep it? How do you keep charging forward? You got to adapt. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to break down that question. How do you find your, how do you find your motivation as a coach? Huh? That's an interesting question. Winning. Cause you could lose it easily. Yeah. Can you though? I mean, there's times, I mean, you manage enough people, you know how it goes. I think if you're a coach. It sucks the fucking life out of you. I think if you're a coach, though, at that level, you got to love it, right? Yeah, it's so, in your DNA. Like, when you're at that level, when and, you're a great, great leader, it's part of your DNA. I don't think that's something that you just gain or lose. And you're addicted to winning. Like, I don't ever see you just being a person that's all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to go get a fucking assistant job at Starbucks. Like, you, there's some yeah, things yeah. that are just in your DNA that you don't. You know, you can't explain it. You can't explain why you are the way you are. You can't, you know, it's just something that's in your DNA from the, from a very, very young age. Like when you have these people that these entrepreneurs that, yeah, I started my first company when I was 12. You know what I was doing when I was 12? I was <laughs> jerking off into a sock. I was hiding playboys <laughs> under my damn couch. 35, in my, 12, in my, whatever. In my mom's two bedroom apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, rubbing your boner into everything. Just trying to figure out AOL so I can get the pictures of girls that some other guy on the other end of the internet is sending so we can swap pics and I'm downloading all these viruses. Do you think kids in the nineties, their parents always knew like they knew we were jerking off. Oh fuck. Like every time they heard the, <laughs> they were like, oh fuck, this is gross. I know he's jerking off in there. Yeah, it's weird. What else would you be doing? <laughs> so no, I, yeah, I don't know. When you ask, how do you find the motivation for somebody like that? I think that's just in their DNA. Um, one of those questions could be, how do you harness it? How do yeah, you how do you get it to where it's way. like a focused to you know? It's almost look at it like a um, a superpower for an X Men. You know, yeah, you can wield it around, but in, until you learn how to harness that shit. That's when it becomes effective. Mike Popovich, um, not Popovich, Popich, who's the head coach for the yeah. San Antonio Spurs? Popich, I think. Popich. Mike Popich. I heard him say one time, it's um, you can be a great leader, but to be like that next level is understanding um, the difference between wisdom and knowledge, right? Wisdom is knowing that tomatoes are fruit, or knowledge is knowing tomatoes are fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put in a fruit salad. How do you get the best out of players, knowing what they're good at, knowing how to pull the best out of them? That's what makes you the Phil Jacksons. That's what makes you the Urban Myers. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible skill set though. It's like an art form, yeah. right? Like it's hard to teach, especially. Again, I always use startups because it's the only thing I know in our our life. But like, hard to do. Really tough to do. I mean, how do you constantly evaluate it? It's tough. Like, yeah, I'd love to know too. It's a yeah. good question. I'd really love to know that answer because sometimes I'm so intense with people. Yeah, you're one gear all the time. Yeah, and I'm I like I almost get frustrated when people don't do things the way I would, which is immature and stupid, and it's it's exhausting. Yeah, when I it's something I need to learn. It's one of my weaknesses as a leader that I'm bad at. I'm bad at uh, like I'll put people in a position and then, like I feel like I coach, but I'm I'm I, I'm bad at recognizing other talents they may have. Yeah which Gino always says that's part of my autism. Like there's just one, I don't get certain things like empathy's hard for me. Right. And that's when you have good, really good leaders. They understand some people respond to being yelled at. Some people respond to being consoled a little bit. Some people respond to hugs. That's why I was trying oh, to hug Matt, you. Matt, you got to, you got to cradle him. I woke up and cried dude, on the whole drive here. I was like, I'm fucking well, idiot. How, dude. how come when I said I lack empathy, you looked at him and you both Cause laughed. he called you a sociopath earlier. I, I said, I think that's what they call a sociopath lacking empathy. <laughs> So yeah, man, great leaders and shit. What would you ask, Chris? Two questions. All right. So I would ask one, let me see if I can 
verbalize this how I want. How do you build culture and trust in a team of a bunch of individuals without being too controlling? Mm, because you can't micromanage it or people push back because most athletes are used to being the top. They're used to being the best. They're used to like having their own like swagger to everything. Yeah. So you, but you do have to bring them together as a team. So you have to control it a bit. But how do you balance the right amount of control and forming the team and culture without overdoing it and making people push back. Mm, that's, Ooh, that's good. good. That's a good one. It's a really good one. It's a delicate, right? it's a delicate dance, right? Yeah. Because like I said, if you go too hard, these guys all push back. Like, Do you think you, so not. you've, you've recently come from a gym and we won't say it out loud, but that where there might've been some bad, like, um, uh, I don't know vibes, I guess. Machizo, ego. Do, you, do you think a lot of guys like that who were talking about sort of try to give it a formula when really it's like, again, if you read Phil Jackson's book, the five rings, when he talks about each player and again, I'm bad at it too. He approached each player totally different. Yeah. Like the way he spoke to and dealt with Jordan was totally different than the way he dealt with Rodman. Right. Exactly. And the way that he dealt with Scottie Pippen and the way that he dealt with, and he was a master at it. Yeah. I mean, so do you think a lot of guys like that guy have like what he thinks is the formula for everyone? And then he's trying to shove everyone into this kind of, no, I think, I think a good coach is like a borderline like psychologist too, because you mm. have to know how to not play people, but you, you have to feed egos, but you also have to crack the whip. You have to be able to mesh these people. When you go back to the bulls, they were a bunch of superstars on that team, but somehow they played as a team. Were so there a bunch the, of superstars? I mean, Pippen, Rodman, yeah. Jordan, um, Kerr. Yeah, who else? I mean, they became uh, superstars, but they didn't come in as superstars. They were like the dream team. Nobody does. They might as well have been the Olympic team by themselves. Yeah, dude. Uh, did you say Kerr? Oh, no. Uh, Ku Coach was fucking an all-star. Yeah. Horace um, Grant. <laughs> Horace Grant was an all-star. I'm forgetting, but anyways, yeah, I would like to know. I don't think that there's an exact formula, but if we had a coach here, I'd want to ask him that because maybe I can translate that into other things of... Team building is a valuable thing in any part of life. Yeah. Work, friends, all of that. Because you have to you have to manage it a certain way that's right for everybody. Yeah. So I think that that would be my first question. My second question would be skill set aside, what is the one talent or it factor that you look for in people? Because there's coaches out there that can see like a lot of people might look at this guy, big coaches, and be like, He's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And there's certain coaches that see one trait in there that they want or that they can use. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you don't always have to be the best, but if you're the hardest worker, you can outwork the best guy. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of those coaches do have a certain thing because we've all seen guys get picked up by teams and stuff in any sport. And you're like, what? Why do they want that guy? And then they go on to do great. It's because that one coach saw something in them that they could use. Every time you guys bring up things in this context, I always think of it in terms of our company. It's the same as um, a team. And I think, I think one of the downsides to building a startup is oftentimes there's a bottleneck and you can't, it's hard to stop and evaluate people. Like you're moving so fast that that part of it goes out the window. Well, that, and you, you almost have to have a system in place to constantly be evaluating. And then on top of that, it's like being the team who's, you don't have a budget either. So you're like, I have to deal with, you have to make work with what you have. It's not like you're the Yankees. We have the most money 
around and we can buy every player we want. You know, if you could buy all the best people for this company, not like shit on myself or any of us, if you could buy like all the CEOs or whatever from all over the world and you got to pick, it would probably be pretty fucking easy as long as you could control all of them but enough again, to work together. It might be, but then getting all those people to gel and work together, sometimes Tough. just because you bring the, the most qualified doesn't mean it's the right team. That's what I'm saying is like, but then it so would be a hard. managing issue of like, how do you get them to work together? You, you know, it's a good example, not to shift totally, but it's a good example of making the most of what they have are people in prison. Those people that bodybuild in prison, how big they get off of lunch meat and stale, stale bread. How much, oh, was the steroid game big in prison? Oh yeah. Ooh. Those fish pellets. Ugh. Man, they get huge huh? in prison. Can you imagine we'll if they had later. that same work, work ethic on the outside and had access to creatine and protein? Okay, serious question. <laughs> fish pellets. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> the first time Chris Camozzi said Fifi to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I couldn't. I laughed for two days straight. Do you know what a Fifi is? <laughs> I do not. Oh, come on. Nope. I didn't either. You know you what? Should I should Google it. I am. Chris, please explain to these gentlemen here. Oh, I know what a Fifi is. Dude. What is a Fifi? It's a little, it's like a homemade fleshlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a prison. It, they, they tie bags together and shove them into mattresses and hump plastic oh, bags. It's an art. <laughs> I I mean, there's, there's a towel fold, the sheet fold, you know. Why is it called a Fifi though? I mean, what would you call it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got do what you got to do, bro. Yeah, what's the the Greco-Roman origin of Fifi? <laughs> what? This is like a funny spelling bee moment. Uh, can, can you, you use, use it in a sentence? <laughs> the man who was in prison often used his Fifi for pleasure. Manuel hit the Fifi. fifi. Hit the like Fifi for from me. the Greek word fiefdom. I feel like one of these times we should do like a company spelling bee or like oh, trivia. No. I'll give up on right now. Camera. Come on. Like let's, not, let's not do that. Okay. Let's end the show with that fun game. Okay. It's a sports Shit. show where let's play a little sports. Matt pull up without pulling it up on the screen. I know you're a little tired because you slept till 10. Um, Keep pushing how late I was. It was like an hour, two hours. Now it's by like the four. way, if you're if you stuck it, if you've been on the podcast this long, congratulations. Nice job. Pat Thank yourself you. on the back. Uh, two. We're all wearing sunglasses because it's cool. It is cool. I wore these because it's like baseball season and it's like a baseball look. This is what I was going for. Is like the baseball player vibe. Yeah. No. It. it you got a dip in. I did. Skull sponsors our podcast. Uh, I got the wrong ones. I'm sorry. That would be a good segue into a commercial. Speaking of baseball, when you're at a baseball game and you're having a beer and it's your favorite team, do you ever just wish you could reach down and have some tobacco? Soda. Well, that's why there's Skull. <laughs> skull pouches are made. Um, Fit Soda Skull coming soon. Yeah, we're making a tobacco flavored uh, drink. Okay. God. Pull up, pull up trivia questions and we'll go two each. Shit. I don't want to do like that. random ones. Let's yeah. see. Why don't we make a nicotine drink, dude? People would die. Yeah. 150 random trivia questions. Okay. Chris can go first. Is it sports trivia or trivia? No, let's just do trivia. All right. Let's do spelling. HG is the chemical symbol of what element? Ooh, I know this. Is it helium? No, it's not. It is. Uh, Fuck, I do know this. Uh, give me a hint. HG. HG is... It's not iron. It's 
I don't fucking know. <laughs> Mercury. Mercury. Wow. Are you going to say that? No. Oh. Okay, my turn. Okay. Uh, which country produces the most coffee in the world? Oh, God. Colombia. Okay. Brazil. Fuck. Okay, Sharon. Let's do this. It's Colombia, Ethiopia, or Brazil. Okay. Christopher Columbus. In which city is Jim Morrison buried? Ooh, I know this one. Can I ask a follow-up question? Who's Jim Morrison? Wow. From it's, the, and the podcast. It's Paris. <laughs> it is Paris. Okay, wait, let's wait, see. That wasn't your question. But he didn't know either. Okay. for you. I was going to say Paris anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Moses' question. Maybe, okay, what if we, okay, that was round one. What if the next round you ask it and the first to answer wins? All right. All right. Let's, let's, get, let's ratchet this up. Globe and Jerusalem are types of what? Globe uh, and Jerusalem are types of what? Herb. Globe and Jer- globe? Is it globe Coke or clove? Like G-L-O-B-E. And Jerusalem. Oh, I are, thought you said clove. No, globe and Jerusalem are types of what? Logan T's artichokes. Here's the next one. Oh, man. Where are you getting these questions? I just, sur- I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> At least the, the fucking <laughs> periodic table I've heard of. I just didn't remember. <laughs> Let's go. Right, okay. Last one. Okay. Um, how many pairs of Porky wings bunny. does a bee have? Two. two. Four. Yeah. Two wins. Yeah. Let's ask the other one. I'm just scrolling and picking one random once. I said four. Cause you already said two. Um, mm-hmm. So you said the wrong answer on purpose. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Just in case he was wrong. <laughs> Seems like a weird, obvious question. What's the name of the world's biggest island? Australia. Australia. It's a continent. Greenland. It's Fuck. a fucking island too. Greenland's a country too. It's an island. Which sport? Does... Okay, let's see another one. Last one. Last one. It's gotta be a good one. <sighs> Sports, music. Let's see. What what country did ACDC come from? England. Wales. America. You you already said the answer a oh. question ago. Australia. Australia. Yeah, Sharon wins the whole Damn. thing. Were they Australian? Huh. All right. Uh, that's a podcast. Oh, like man. and subscribe. Born into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. This is a Fitzoda Media Podcast. Please stay hydrated.